Welcome back to the basement, everyone. You are now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, as I've been promising for a few weeks now, we would eventually get back into the interviews. And you might notice by the title of this podcast that we are doing it right now. Uh, Going to be talking with the Pines this week. If you don't know who the Pines are, you don't listen to our podcast. Shame on you. Uh, we played a track of theirs from their excellent new album, Above the Prairie, uh, a little while back, a couple episodes back. Um, it's a trio from Minneapolis. They've been around for quite a while. Above the Prairie is their fifth album. Uh, the best way to describe their music is uh, it's a more cinematic Americana, uh, almost cosmic on this on this new record, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about uh, in our conversation. Uh, in short, they are an, an excellent fucking band, and it was a privilege to sit down and talk with them, and hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy this conversation. Uh, at the back end of this, we're also going to be playing a song from a local DC band, who very much... You know, the Pines make their own little universe. Uh, their sound is sort of unmistakable. And uh, Stronger Sex is sort of sort of on that route. It's a different universe, but they, uh, you know, it is unmistakable what they do. So we're going to hear more about that. So that is your podcast coming up. Uh, that's about it. So let's hit it. Uh, here we go. This is episode number 156 of Chunky Glass of the Podcast. We're sitting now with the Pines. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and down. That right there is a wonderful sound. Pines, welcome to the basement here. Um, we're gonna go back around with the names. <laughs> you got David here, David Benson, uh, Adam, recorded, and Alex. That's right. Uh, sitting down here. If you guys uh, don't know who they are, uh, you guys are from um, Minneapolis, but originally from Iowa, correct? Yeah. Uh, your new album just came out, Above the Prairie. Is your fifth? Is that correct? Oh uh, yeah, sounds right. Sounds, yeah, sounds, sounds about, about right. right. Sounds yeah, about right. I think that's true. I actually saw you guys open for I believe it was Israel Nash here in town. Oh yeah, uh, which was like a uh, like a crazy sort of perfect double bill because walked in uh, to catch the open. I didn't know you guys before then, and I was like, wow, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> and then Israel Nash, we know he is live well, is like fucking amazing as well. Um, I guess starting with uh, talking about above the prairie here. Uh, First question I ask I have is sort of a weird question. Like, are any of you guys like super sci-fi nerds? <laughs> yeah. Um, if anybody, probably me. Probably you. Yeah, I'm not like super crazy, but I enjoy it. Yeah. So, so in listening to this, uh, it's structured. You know, people talk about your music as it has a cinematic feel to it a lot, and it's certainly structured like that. You have your first two songs and then an instrumental. And then it breaks into what feels like a narrative of the album, and then an instrumental, and feels like an epilogue of an album. I was listening to this on the train, and 
it felt to me very much like a tale from like a post-apocalyptic America traveling through, uh, you know, where you don't know. There's a lot of loss in this album, a lot of feelings of that, but there's a lot of hope also in the album. Um, you know, when you is it is it a concept album to you guys? Um, not really. I mean, we don't. It's not. It's not like that. But it's definitely like a feeling. You know, when a record starts to gel, mm-hmm. there is sort of a a feeling that runs through it. But it's all just kind of this subconscious thing. You know. Yeah. That we just kind of tap into. Yeah. So in the song uh, "Hanging from the Earth," uh, there's a line in there. Uh, after all that we've been through, why can't we be together? Which I think is sort of a universal, like, you're alive, you have felt something like that, but it, it, it seemed to be the theme of the album. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know where those things come from, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a line that, yeah, it's just a, it's a feeling. Okay. Really, more than it maybe is about something. Right. You know, like, it's sort of like, you know, a sort of a romantic thought. Right. But kind of, just in the context of everything that's going on, you know, like, how fast we're moving and mm-hmm. we, uh, how traumatic just life is on an everyday, you know, kind of yeah. like, and how maybe quick we are to be like, I'm unhappy, I'm out of here, you know, or I'm moving right. on, or I'm unhappy in this town and I'm leaving this town, or um, this isn't like it is in the movies, you know, kind of thing. I think it's just sort of a a simple statement that sort of encapsulates that kind of feeling. Right. Right. Because, I mean, it is a very honest feeling. Yeah. Um, especially like, say, if you're going through a breakup, something like that. You know, that that is the first thought you have. Like, fuck, this is like this is over. But what really? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're so we're so like we try to escape the darkness yeah. or try to escape feeling uh, bad, and um, when really what we have is each other. You know, and um, you know, I mean, and that has many sides to it too. Uh-huh. So. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of what's sacred, what's not sacred. I don't know. I mean, that's always a, a going to be a tug of war, I right. suppose. You know, it's probably always has been, always will be. I heard this uh, this really interesting uh, interview, uh, Cormac McCarthy and Werner Herzog uh, talking about, you know, the future, the mankind and such. And, and they asked Cormac about how he, you know, isn't he, doesn't he have a bleak and hopeless view of things? And he said, well, you know, it's kind of the, the reality is the reality. But he said, at the end of the day, I like to think, you know, what if maybe I'm wrong, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like holding, you know, it's like, I mean, hope is not a, it's not a futile exercise. No. You don't want to be in denial about the 
the full reality of what's going on, whether it's in your life or it's in the life of the planet or what have you, mm -hmm. but you can't really attach to, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't know, you know, like you, there's always a way for you to say, I'm going to hold on and, uh, just, you know, show up and, and be my do the best I can because the future is uncertain. Yeah, you know? and, and just experience it. You know, it was, I think anybody listening to this album, um, it took me a little while to uh, completely lock into uh, the depth of it. Which, and that, that's I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean it was an initial listen. You mean like this is fantastic. This sounds amazing. This is, and you know I and we'll get into this in a little bit. You know, people will be like, you know, it's Americana, and I'm not sure that's a good label or labels are good at all. Uh, but after repeated listenings, it was almost like, uh, get put in a state. And then all of a sudden I started like understanding or getting somewhere where you guys were like guiding the listener to, I mean, and you know, you're talking about, uh, just sort of writing, picking up on feelings and stuff though. There's no, um, a lot of writers will use like names, and places and names. And I think except for Sleepy Hollow, there's there's none of that in this album. It just exists sort of in a, uh, just a, the Pines world, if you will. Right. Um, is that a place that you guys visit for writing? Is that something like real in your mind? Are you referencing something or? I think we definitely write from a place. And we work hard to, um, you know, avoid really like pronouns and stuff like yeah. that. You know, like just so it, that doesn't get in the way or put something maybe too specific. Right. Not that we're like opposed to it at all or it might right. happen, you know, but I think it definitely kind of keeps it in sort of a certain atmosphere, you know, to yeah. kind of let your, your own mind um, kind of take over in your own thoughts and yeah. wherever you are and kind of let that, yeah, awesome. we've never really been like, you know, even the, the songs that we gravitate toward and the songs, um, even even traditional songs, you know, from the uh, American, you know, folk songbook. Like yeah. you ask, you can ask yourself, what's this about? You know, maybe this is about a jilted lover. Maybe it's about, you know, these these epic tales, but they don't I don't think we gravitate toward those songs. We're like, ah, that, I know what this song is about. Or this is right. this is one person, one night, one place. You know, I think we're more painting, you know, brush strokes of like yeah. this just trying to get like sort of a spirit vision of the, uh, you know, the totality of it. And but at the same time trying to be specific, I mean, good writing is specific, but it can be mm -hmm. specific to an emotion without being specific to a place and time. Yeah. And I think that's something you guys do very well is it is uh, specific to an emotion. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, man, they have like made the soundtrack to this sci-fi epic that I want to see. <laughs> that was just my experience. Now, granted, I watched the day after like last month, which is the old TV movie. So, uh, and you know, I haven't synced it up yet. It might, it might sync <laughs> up well. Um, you know, which, which speaks to uh, a lot of how stuff is created. Stuff just comes out of wherever the ether. <laughs> and you might not have been thinking about that, but you know, whatever it, um, it works out uh, to match up to certain emotions, certain feelings like that. Um, when uh, you guys have, you're now a trio, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dave and I, I write the songs, but Alex is a huge part of that too. Right. And just putting together the music and the, you know, this sort of feel, but, and it's always, 
this this tree has been the core since almost pretty much the inception you know for the longest time this is where the song factory is and then you yeah. know the records and some of the shows sometimes have full band but this is our this is the pines for sure yeah and so on the record was there uh an expansion of the sound and yeah, maybe like you you might speak to that because this is a big sounding record i mean there are points on it that sound um like tangerine dream for example there are points that sound like uh floyd you know, which is not typical American canon. You know? Right. I mean, uh, let me revise that statement. It is via classic radio. It's typical American experience, but it's not typical American music. So is that something that you guys are, are just doing just this small unit, or are you bringing in a lot of people to affect this vision? Um, well, you know, we just have a core, like we're just the, of the guys that have been there with us that uh-huh. we share like this, deep friendship and sort of this musical thing and and then it's just interesting for us to like this record is a little different where we don't rehearse with them you know we just kind of get in the room yeah. and they're very good at like improv improvisation and so that that just it makes it interesting to us and like yeah and then it just it's us making the music and it so it, it really keeps it in the moment when we how how we record because it's we grab some things and some things we kind of miss, but it all kind of goes in there. Yeah. We just work real kind of fast and subconsciously. So there is there is there an end point like sonically in you guys' mind, or are you just like you let it happen and be like, oh wow, that's where we end up. So you're surprised as the listener. I think it's a little half a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think we I think we do to make an effort to to you know we start with songs and then you know do we make an effort you know, in the process to try to really hear what the song is asking for sonically, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and, you know, even this record, as far as expansion of the sound, I mean, Alex, uh, as a composition, Lost Nation, you know, the, the kind of instrumentals that are on the record for this record, I think there's a more of our inclination to just go boldly in whatever direction feels yeah. really good to us. You know, we have more instrumentals on this record than, a lot of bands, you know, that our songwriters will do, and mm-hmm. and there's collaborations. There's different people we brought in: Tim Britton on Ulian pipes and flute, Ryan Young on fiddle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do shape it, you know, based on what it calls for. Who'd you bring in that loves uh, Martin Offler? Because there there's <laughs> there's a huge uh, like there's one point where it, it is it is specifically like eighties like Brothers in Arms Martin Offler, but there's points all throughout this album that very much reflect what he's doing in a later day career. For sure. Well, I think we're all big Mark Knopfler yeah. fans. And like and uh I you know, like Brothers in Arms was the first cassette I ever had. Yeah. Like I definitely think that's in our, you know, subconscious. How, how old are you guys? Approximately thirties. Thirties, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's about right. I, I'm in early forties, okay. and that was like the first. That was actually the first CD I bought. Cool, Brothers in Arms. Yeah, so I mean, that's all in there. I mean, it's like it's just that stuff. Like, I mean, it's folk songs, like Greg Brown songs, Dave Moore songs, yeah. and then there's like, you know, Edward Scissorhands and, yeah. um, you know, uh, <laughs> or morphine, like things yeah. that we grew up with and then also pink floyd or like we grew up in iowa so it's like classic rock yeah mm. yeah and heavy metal southwest virginia and it's the yeah. same, same thing so and we love we love heavy metal and classic rock and you know and that i mean i think but we don't we're not really trying to do anything except right like for this record is just it's like bring you into the pines world for you know yeah. 40 minutes <laughs> 
yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And and um, yeah, and I don't know a lot of bands that uh, I know a lot of bands that that try to do that. I don't know off the top of my head a lot of bands that do it like as effectively as you. I mean, I, this morning I was going back and listening to a bunch of your old records that I hadn't listened before, and I was like, man, this is like so consistently what they do, you know. Um, which is actually surprising when you get to I think the new album. It is expected what you guys would do, I think, but at the same time, it blows away those expectations. Cool, because it pulls yeah. in, you know, going back to like the Americana label. You know, a lot of what I heard in the old stuff is what people like consider and will like market as that. And and this, it's so hard to pin down. You know, it's just sort of like, hey, step in, step to the store for a little while, and we're gonna hang out, and mm. then you know, then you can leave, and you don't. Don't think anything about it going through it. Just like, just let it hit you. And uh, I was talking to uh, Nick uh, Sanborn from Sylvanesso uh, about music culture and, and how music is being made today. And he's one of his fears is that uh, people don't give something like this a chance, a chance to just they're looking for like a hit or something that is appealing. Like you wrote it for the radio, you wrote it so it can get on Pitchfork or whatnot. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, and hearing this, I don't feel like you guys did it all, but do you feel that kind of pressure? Do you feel like you're operating in a genre? I think, well, there's that pressure for sure, I think, um, from all around you to, you know, you you, you want to, like, I, I don't know, do a good job, you know? Yeah. Like, whatever that means. <laughs> like, and there's such a subtlety and a nuance to our thing that all we can really do is, like, really be honest. Like, I mean, there's a pressure to make you know, a great record. And I think like for this one, we were just, we, we kind of were just like, what, what are we, you know? So we yeah. went back to Iowa and just did it in this little studio where we did yeah. our very first kind of recordings. And it's just like, just trying to like really just be ourselves and let go and, um, you know, have our friends play on it with us and just, uh, just not not too extreme or anything. Just, yeah, that doesn't seem to be an instinct though for a lot of people. You'd be surprised. It's it, counter. In, yeah. It's. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily an easy thing to do. Like to just, especially now, they're, 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 everything feels so. Uh, I don't know. Just kind of tight. And well, like, it, it's it's tight. It doesn't feel uh, genuine. And there's no way. There's no like. You can't quantify, like, this is genuine level four, this is genuine level thing. But you do know it, I think, when you hear it. Like, as a critic and a consumer, you know, I hear stuff like your record. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what you said. We just wanted to do what we wanted to do and not really, like, at least on the surface, thinking about all this other stuff that might, we might have to do. Because somebody's yeah. going to be like, well, this would sell a lot better if you, uh, you know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, you you know, for us, like, um, I, I think that, to be in order to be authentic to be ourselves to really you know um we have to like we kind of evolved ourselves just a little bit out of the pace of that business aspect you know mm -hmm. it's like running down the tracks in front of a train if you just stop and move over about two inches you know then it goes right past you yeah and so i feel like you know whether it's just the way that we write together or um you know just knowing that we wouldn't want to we couldn't put something out that we didn't believe in because we thought it would get us somewhere else. You know, right. it has to be, they have to at least merge, you know, if we get, you know, the, we want the record to be heard. Yeah. We want, um, you know, 
you know, the ability to carry this forth in, in bigger ways. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we couldn't just do that alone. That would drive us insane. And we would rather do something else than, right. you know. <laughs> right, for sure. Um, so uh, is there, there's a lot of talk uh, over the past few years and most recently about how like streaming affects like artists. Uh Less, less about like I guess the money side of it though. Is there like a prescribed way you guys see like that you're like to really get us? You might want to listen to it like this, like get a vinyl record and put that on, or you know get like a high quality file and put that on, listen to it in headphones and stuff like that. Or is it just a a matter of Anybody listen to this however you can, <laughs> whenever. Well, I think our music... It can I, be both, too. I don't know. It, however, wherever your space is, yeah. like, wherever your music zone is, I suppose, that's where you should check it out. I think we do kind of make an effort. I mean, you know, we are, if anything, encouraging people to take the record as a whole, if yeah. possible, you know? Like to, it's a singles know, economy, and that's thing. Thing. yeah. yeah you know. And this is a whole record. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's like I said. I don't know if that was intentional on you guys' part, but it, it is very structured as prologue, narrative, epilogue. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a you know, I think as someone getting in their car, you know, and putting it on and driving across town, and you're sort of in a different place, you know, when yeah. you get there. Like, and we put those sort of you know, instrumentals or whatever, but they're sort of just kind of dreamscapes kind of things in there to kind of, you know, let the mind go, you know, like it yeah. just feel and like, and let your, let your own like kind of your head just kind of go like, so it's all, you know, we've, we try to just create that space. Yeah. So let's talk about time dreams. Time dreams. Our memories come from the earth and return to the earth. In the reunion, our pulse comes from the sky and returns to the sky. Reflections of ancient sunlight, time dreams in human form and reformed life in shapes of shadows of industrially but that's the last song on the album um are you guys familiar with uh, William Burroughs Thanksgiving Prayer no should, should look it up um it, it is it's something uh he read about um American Indians uh it was sort of a protest piece that he wrote uh but it very similar like tonally to what you guys are are doing uh, with that uh, track it is it stands out not just because it's actually I think it's a stunning track I mean the narration stuff but this whole album you have you guys voices are up front and then you're letting somebody else take them out was that the plan like all along to do that and, and like how as writers like like how do you get to that point where you can sort of cede that control well, yeah, it wasn't, I would not say it was the plan, you know, um, the, it, you know, the, 
the experience meeting John Trudell and working with him sort of was kind of a culmination of his uh, philosophy being a big part of our, you know, our sort of like uh, <clears throat> metaphysical worldview for the last few years, yeah. you know. So just like uh, almost it's, it seemed like it was almost inevitable when it happened, as unlikely as it was, that mm. we would actually get to meet and and um, invite him to Minneapolis. And he was uh, he was wide open. He said, why don't you pick some lyrics that you, you guys like? You write some music and we'll, you know, we'll give it a run. We tried it, you know, together uh, and did it for a show. And then, um, you know, <clears throat> separated and we're making this record and we just, all of us felt strongly that this, this song we did has a place on this. And mm -hmm. if there was any way to make it come about that we could, we could record it, you know, and get it on this record. Cause it, it just kind of, I mean, it's, it's foundational to the ideas on the record. It's a, it's above the, the ideas on the record. It's just kind of, uh. It felt like a real release to collaborate with him, you know. Yeah. And also to honor him by the by uh, the same token, you know, by um, giving him a, a place to do that, you know, and let yeah. people hear that that maybe wouldn't have heard it. He got really sick last year and he yeah. passed away. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, for us, having that song at the end of the record is it it feels like a fitting sort of final statement on where the music has gone and everything mm -hmm. to just, to just hand it to John and say, you know, we're behind you and we're with you and, and to be graced by his presence, you know, on that song is, and Quilt Man too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it is, you know, in a, in a record that is, is mostly like first person stuff to switch it to that perspective. It is, uh, very much feels like not, not a passing of the baton per se, but definitely, uh, an acknowledgement on his part that like you guys are part of this tradition and it's somebody stepping outside of what you just did and looking and saying, okay, and here's maybe at least one of the lessons you're going to take away from this record. Uh, and, and when you get to that point, it's stunning because you're already in a, uh, a dreamlike state. And then that is just sort of like, Oh, and then you just, I mean, the first time I heard it, I was down here, I actually listened to it and just sat here in silence after it ended. I was like, that's, Wow. <laughs> so it's that album, huh? Right. Well, I think, like, with John, I mean, yeah, like David said, it was like he was someone we really looked up to, and and um, he's a guy that, you know, turned his, you know, his tragedy in his life, and he turned to, like, poetry, and, and mm -hmm. then just how, how healing and beautiful music can be, yeah. and how just deeply meaningful it can be. And it's something that, you know, I think that we hold dear, you know, or like, not that we're saying our stuff means or anything, but it's like, it's so healing and it's so, mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just, it's kind of unreal that we got to, uh, yeah, to how, you know, we were carrying that with us and he, you know, and learning, like watch, and then him just talking about the world, you know, is out there speaking and very honestly. And, yeah. Um, and it jibed thematically with some of the stuff you guys were saying. We, we were in this real space, like when he, we pulled out that song, it was like this was during the kind of beginning of or like of the of the record, and at one point it was just like, why would we not do this with you know John and like it be on the record too? Because yeah. I mean, too, it's like 
this is it's like the Pines space, like, and mm-hmm. he is a huge part of that, and as well as all the musicians and everyone we work with, mm-hmm. it's like they're all welcome in there. You know, it's like it's not just like here's our songs or you know, like this is like we. It's so it's such an honor to get to share that yeah. with people. And if it someone hears of John Trudell for the first time, you know, through us or something, right? right. Like how amazing is that? Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're part of a larger conversation. For sure. Like if you're if you're if you're putting your art out there, or even just like talking about, it, like you are part of a larger conversation. For sure. And you can't isolate that. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I'm sure you guys are fans, like Damien Gerardo uh, is doing this very similar type of stuff, and it mm-hmm. is like that that healing uh, aspect of of music that is, I, I don't think anybody can ever like again that you can't quantify it, but you can put on a record like this and then. Be like, okay, at least this little thing over here is going to be okay. David Bowie's Black Star is very much like that. Mm-hmm. When you – nobody knew he was going to die. When you realize and think about, like, what he was doing with that, uh, and, it, I mean, it, it becomes heartbreaking. But at the same time, it, like, for a lot of people that I know, it made us less scared of death. Like, at the same t- – we're like, oh, fuck, we're, we are going to die. But at the same time, it's like we're not – Maybe it'll be okay. Yeah. Not <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, um, so going forward with you guys, you have a uh, you have a tour. How many dates you get on this thing? Uh, we, you know, we um, <clears throat> we'll be. We don't we don't really tour in uh, in in uh, bulk bulk runs, you know. So we'll we'll be uh, playing around uh the east coast and uh back through the midwest and then down to texas in february mm-hmm. uh we have a, a record release concert in minneapolis on march 18th at the first avenue club nice and uh, we'll go back to iowa city and do a release show there so it, you know for us i think that patient approach is um i know there's a lot of temptation people say you put your record out and you have to go out and do you know 300 dates and and milk <laughs> it for everything it's worth but for us we'd like to we we kind of you know we're selective about our 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 routing and we're selective about the the kinds of places like Ben always says we we try to play at the plant kind of places that we would like to go to yeah. that we would like to see us or somebody yeah. play you know so um, we'll be on tour I mean you know for us it's we'll be supporting this record and hopefully getting a little break in the action to start maybe even writing again yeah because we'd like to fold it into one process you know kind of bring some some. Like symmetry to like, mm-hmm. not just you're doing this and then you stop and you're off the road and you go and do that. Yeah, it's like yeah. We're trying to kind of fold it in that, together. That, and that that cycle of like write, record, tour, write, record, tour, like just breaks people. Like you can see it. Like people have been on the road for like years and it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and you can hear it a lot of times in their art. You know, it, you know. Eventually, they write the uh, the Bob Seger like on the road album. <laughs> so hard. I mean, that just happens, and uh, and then there's nowhere left for them to go. A lot of times. Um, any chance you guys said that you guys were uh, big fans of like metal and all that stuff? Any chance of a Pines Metal Side project? It is part well, of the American canon. This is the big dream. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someday. I hope so. That would be awesome. Uh-huh. I mean, do you guys play inside projects or just mainly stick to the Pines universe? Yeah, the Pines kind of takes up our time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mental space and. We'll do some collaborating, you know, like, you know, playing on other people's records or, you know, playing around in our hometown and stuff, but really it's uh, 
just try to make the pines as expansive as possible so we can all fit in there, you yeah. know, with what we do. Well, cool. Uh, thank you guys for coming down, and hopefully you have a great show tonight. Adam, you didn't get to talk. Adam, you want to say something? Yeah, we can. I I mean, you cover the tour dates. We can plug anything you want. (laughs) We're so stoked to have Adam with us. Yeah. Because he record our records, and he's out on tour with us, and we just couldn't be more stoked about that. Well, I mean, Adam, like, when you're recording these guys, is there a point where you're sitting behind the console and be like, your your brain is just expanding? You're like, whoa. Yeah, I mean... Usually it's somewhere when we start putting in some of these synthesizers where it starts to really yeah. kind of become that expansive pine sound, that world starts to get built. Yeah. And somewhere in there uh, it starts to really, like, make sense. And then that's when I start to get real excited. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of, you know, how do we finish the ear candy aspect of it? Because the songs at that point pretty much are what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just trying to kind of get out of the way and make sure that, we don't put too much in there, which tends to be the case. We put a yeah. lot of stuff in there, and then we start to freak out a little bit about what's going on with the song. And then at that point, it's generally we, we start stripping all the layers yeah. back and getting back to the core of what the songs are about, and that's generally when it's like, there it is, that's yeah, the song. The, the, the blob music of ideas is very a very good way, I think, to do stuff a lot of times when you have all these ideas into this thing, and but you know what it is. I mean, do you guys actually start more with the just basic acoustic sounds? Is that is that where all this starts? We track it live. So, I mean, the, the song goes down in one or two takes, usually. Oh, shit. So, we track it. It's like blues style, because we're big fans of the blues. Yeah, absolutely. Just, um, so Alex, David, myself, JT, James, the five of us uh-huh. usually just play the song and then we we get it. So we only a lot like it's like two. I think we did three days on this, but we most of them just go down. Three days on the whole album. Very on tracking, and then yeah. what we do is then we'll we'll take it and then we kind of like. Put explore that, it. Explore, yeah, explore it. Explore it a little but bit. Yeah. You still Kids have listening, that thing take notes. Mess- this is how you make a record. <laughs> like the correct <laughs> yeah. way to make a record, I think. Well, that way you still have, like, there's a lot of flubs. Mm-hmm. There's things yeah. that you would love to change, mm-hmm. but you can't really. Like, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can move stuff kind of up and down. Yeah. But you still, like, it still has that guys in a room playing the song, even though we kind of flush it out and kind of put this. Mm-hmm. Movie yeah, yeah. music on it or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Dave Cobb works a lot like that. Works very fast. I, I'm told he did like Jason Isbell's album. Dave Cobb okay. in Nashville does like uh, Sturgill Simpson's album. I think that was recorded in like a day. Uh, I think he did Lydia Lovelace's album, which was recorded in less than a day. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, that working fast and then figuring out like later is just because like, you guys know the songs. When you go in, right? Kinda, kind of. Like, there'll be like it would probably be half and half. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like but you wouldn't see like a, a, a use your illusion in your future where you're like stuck in the studio for like four years. I don't think that would. I don't think they would survive it. I don't think that would work. <laughs> we would. Yeah, we would. We'd be dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone would die. <laughs> someone would die. <laughs> <laughs> we work so fast. It's like a fit. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, one of the cooler things about. The way these records get made is, you know, Bo Ramsey produces them, and they, you know, Benson was just saying that they do like, you know, two takes or something like that. Yeah. 
I don't know if anyone's ever really comfortable during that process with if that was the take or not. And the key to it is is Bo. Bo is the song whisperer. He just hears the wow. magic take. That is one of his biggest strengths that he brings to producing an album. Yeah. And so they'll put down the basic track with the full band and there might have been some parts in there that they didn't necessarily have finished re- you know if they didn't finish writing it before they got there mm-hmm. or the band someone else in the band is hearing it for the first or second time that kind of stuff and so there's always that kind of okay was that it is it right or whatever and then you just look at Bo and Bo gives you that look and you know right. and when at this point they've made enough records with Bo that when Bo says that was the take no one questions it and the comfort you get from having him tell you that yeah. that was the take is invital I mean that is just the most important yeah, thing and, and again people listening like it's how you make a record find your creative team people, it's always good to like stretch I think and like get an experimental producer once in a while and stuff but you know you guys definitely know like who works well with you well yeah you grow and you can like talk to each other sort of subconsciously you know yeah. and like and then it is funny with uh, with dad or like when he's doing the. It's always the take. You're like, dude, that one was horrible. Yeah, you go and then back. he's like, <clears throat> why don't you just take a listen? And he's always like, that's, <laughs> that's, crazy. The, that's oh, the magic that's line. That's the magic line. <laughs> so many times we do that first take, and then like everyone's like, all right, all right, okay, let's do it again. Yeah. You know, two, three, and then it's like maybe you guys don't listen to that first one, and everyone's like. There's no way. <laughs> I'll listen to it because you said so, but and then we go listen to it. It's like, wow, that actually had the lightning in the bottle. Kind yeah, of, you know that really did. So it helps to have somebody on the outside, you know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just from being in the room in the control room with him when these things are happening, you kind of just glance over and get a feel for him, and he's in a whole world while he's listening. You know, he's not in there worried about technical stuff he's just yeah. all about feel and uh it's interesting to just watch it and because you don't necessarily know it until he tells you it's it's there and yeah it's awesome yeah and it shows so uh uh thank you guys for making this record this is fantastic it's, thank you, it's thank gonna, you guys. it's gonna sit with me for a good long while i think and uh, hopefully people listening to this will find it i mean i you know find a place with them so, uh, all right, we'll talk to you later. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. See you. Thank you. enjoyed that conversation with the pines as much as i enjoyed talking to them uh great guys uh really you need to you need to check out above the prairie uh just get the album put it in your ears uh spend a nice evening with it maybe alone maybe with your friends uh maybe with somebody who's more than friends it's just it's a it's a beautiful beautiful album and uh and a great way to start off the year. Uh, hopefully it does really well for them. And uh, they are out, out on tour right now, so you can actually go see them play these songs. I can vouch having seen them before. Uh, they are also fantastic live. So thanks again for sitting down and talking. Uh, 
as usual at the end of every podcast, we like to feature a band that we either would like to expose you to or we like. Uh, in this case, it's both. I'm talking about Stronger Sex based right here in Washington, D.C. Um, it started off as a smaller project. Now it has expanded to uh, Johnny Fantastic, uh, Leia Gage from Brenda, uh, Austin Gallus, and Eric Slight. Eric we talked about last week in uh, in the band Jaws uh, with Ryan McLaughlin and, and Scoops. So, uh, you know, sort of a tight-knit scene. People in a lot of bands, but it's cool. Um, Stronger Sex, you know, they made our best of uh, 2015, the DC list. The best way to explain them is sort of uh, a cabaret sci-fi, just operatic uh, mindfuck. Much like the Pines, they have created their own universe that only uh, this music seems to (laughs) exist in. Uh, They have a new track out. Uh, The name of that track is K in a Sunbeam. That is going to be on an, uh, an upcoming compilation for their label called Blight. Uh, their slogan is Blight Makes Right so uh, rather than babble on about these guys because you've heard us talk about them before uh, let's just play it so here you go this is Stronger Sex with K and a Sunbeam
Stronger Sex, K in a Sunbeam. Uh, what a groovy fucking band, man! I it, this is a band that like continuously blows my mind with what they do uh, because it just doesn't fit into anything. It is uh, one of the most artistic bands here in DC. Uh, one of the most purely artistic bands. They're they're badasses. Hilariously, I haven't been able to see them live, but I'm I'm gonna try to correct that very very shortly because uh, I know a few few people in that band. I like them, and uh, yeah, so doing great stuff here. Uh, that is, and these were your podcasts uh, for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed us talking to the Pines. Hope you enjoyed us talking about stronger sex. Um, We'll be back on Monday with two more for you. At some point next week, we're going to be talking about Kanye. I don't know when that is. Uh, but we are going to be talking about the new uh, album from the Skiffle Players, uh, featuring the likes of Cass McCombs and Neil Casal. If you don't know who they are, uh, look them up. Because we'll have more information next week. I'm not going to do that for you right now. Uh, so... Uh, as usual, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher. You can leave us a review. You can email us feedback. If you don't like to leave reviews in public, you can comment on the things. You can even like email and say, hey, this sounds like a whole fuck ton of fun. Maybe I'd like to try that out and, and come down to the basement and be on the podcast. Maybe that'll work out. I don't know. Hit us up. Uh, that's how it worked for Eduardo. And that's how it worked for Patrick. So, uh, again, thank everybody for listening. Thanks to the Pines for being here. And we will talk to you in a few short days. So, until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!